This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. It's 2023, a new year, and value stocks remain in favor, even after the difficult 2022. Now is our time. But every year, I start out the podcast with an episode on the top classic value stocks. We also look back and see how last year's list did. And this is going to be an interesting one because last year was the worst performing year for stocks since 2008. Um, it was, as I said, difficult for both growth and value. So it's going to be interesting to see what those classic value stocks did last year. And that show was done on January 6, 2022. It was episode number 263. And the screen in that year returned 12 stocks. And I was surprised because traditionally the classic value stock screen that I run is very narrow and you have to have just a lot of value. It's price to book, price to sales, price to cash flow, PE, um, peg, and then you have to have the right rank and the right Zach style score. So it's a lot. And so it is always just a few stocks. In 2021, just nine stocks came through the screen. And I want to say in some years, it was even less, like six or seven. But last year, we did have 12 stocks. That was encouraging. And so how many will we have this year? Um, again, remember, the screen does include the Zach's ranks of number ones or number twos. Those are the buys and the strong buys. And there is normally a little over 800 or so, eight to 900 stocks that are in those with those ranks. So right there, we're already limiting it. Then you have to have the high Zach style scores for value of the A or the B. That's going to limit it too. And then we're adding on the PE under 20. So we do have that a little higher than I normally would use because this is such a narrow screen, a price to sales ratio under one, that always tells you there's some value. Price to book ratio is under two, that's pretty narrow too. Price to free cash flow under 20 and a peg under one. Um, so running this screen here in 2022, what did we get? We got 13 matches, 13 classic values with the great Zach's rankiness. You might be a little surprised by that, given how difficult last year was. Um, not surprised that we would have cheap stocks, but that we would have enough that had the right Zach's rank and style scores to fit into this. But we did one more than last year in 2022. So here in 2023, it's 13 matches. Um, but before I pick out the five to watch out of those 13, as I do every year, let's look back at last year's five picks. Remember what those are. How did they perform over the last year? Um, did any of them beat the S&P 500, which, was, which is down about 19% in the last year? So it's not really just 2022 anymore. I am just using the one year. So we're a little bit, a few years or a few days into 2023 right now. So it's it's not quite year over year comparisons here, but close. So uh, the first stock was Toll Brothers, ticker TOL. 
One year, it's down 26.3%. Remember, it was really cheap last year when I talked about it as a classic value. I did warn that nobody knew it was going to happen with housing. It was still strong. The orders were still there. Mortgage rates were still cheap at that time a year ago, but all that's changed. Orders are on the decline now. Earnings will be coming back down even harder here in 2023 as we move throughout the year. So not surprising the shares were down 26.3%. But the surprising thing is maybe that they weren't down more. Kind of kind of surprised that they're not down 50% or more, but they weren't just 26.3. Our second stock was Aero Electronics. I tried to get some techie kind of names in there. Ticker ARW, one year down 21.5%. So almost in line with the S&P 500, but just a little bit worse. So can't say they beat them because they didn't, but uh, not terrible compared to the S&P 500. Third stock, Kohl's. Yeah, we put the retailer in there. You never know, again, these were all cheap when we bought them a year ago for this list. KSS is the ticker, but one year now for Kohl's down 50.5%. So it's been real rough on the retail side in the last year. And real hard with those comps year over year, people have rejected retail shopping for experiences now and uh, you know again coming off of really strong sales during the pandemic and the these shares just couldn't couldn't handle it Kohl's down 50.5 then we had our energy so I did we did stick one of those in there and we did get right on that one and it was total energies that's the French energy giant ticker TTE one year up 20.5%. And that does not include the dividend, which is quite uh, nice with Total as well. So, um, you know, energy, the only sector that was in the green last year, we were lucky to pick one in our list. And so we did outperform with that one. And then we wrapped it up with an auto retailer, Lithia Motors, ticker LAD. We've talked about the auto retailers for several years. They've been cheap, dirt cheap for many years. They all soared during the pandemic. Everybody's racing out to buy cars because they didn't want to take public transportation. Uh, Prices soared on used and new. Um, Everything was good. Record earnings for all the auto retailers, but that appears to finally be ending here as we go into 2023. So the stacks have all come down. Lithium Motors over the last year down 32.5%. Still really cheap. And the earnings don't look terrible, but off of the peak from uh, last year, a little bit of value trappiness there now. But I'm keeping all these auto retailers on my list just to kind of see what happens in the next, you know, six to nine months, especially if we get a recession. And don't forget, if you're taking out an auto loan, it's now much more expensive to get, you know, the car. <laughs> Not only are the prices high, but your monthly payment may still go higher because now with the Fed raising rates, auto loan rates are higher. So that's something that's against most of us who are out there getting a new car. So those were the five from last year. And as you can see, even for stocks that were 
cheap last January. Several of these had single digit PEs, and then they had all the other classic valuations that we're, we're going to have again today. And the good Zach's rank and value scores last year. Still, it was just a difficult year for almost every type of investing except energy and a few other select areas if you got lucky. And if you timed it after you know some bit of a sell-off or you were able to get in in the October lows, you had a rebound at the end of the year, that kind of thing, it wasn't as bad. Um, so um, you know, that that was last year, right? What do we have for this year in 2023? What is in this list of 13 stocks? I have to say I was a little disappointed. It it wasn't it wasn't good. It wasn't it wasn't like a list I was like, yeah, these are all super cheap and fundamentals look great. I can't believe it. I can't wait to dive into these. It's it's um, you know, some of them that struggled last year that are even cheaper than ever. But as a contrarian investor, as a value investor, that could be where you know the hidden gems now lurk are the ones that were really beaten up last year. And I've included some of those on this list. So I did pick out five names. There are a lot of foreign companies again on the list this year, like Total last year. I did pick, um, let me see, one, one of them out that is foreign. Um, but I did try to stay away from you know having a bunch of them in there. And otherwise, uh, some of these are some names that you know, and let's dive right in because I know you're all waiting to see like what are the the cheap classic value stocks for 2023. So the first one is one you might not ever expect, Deutsche Bank, ticker DB. Yes, the big German European bank, it will move on outlook for the European economy. And uh, keep in mind, they have been asked by the ECB to maintain higher capital ratios. So these have been the issues with Deutsche Bank. It sank into a bottom in October. It looked very dark. Shares were down 42% on the year then. It has rallied off of that low and now down just 8.7% over the last year. So big rally and still cheap on the PE basis, 6.6 times. Um, we have at Zach's that they do not pay a dividend, but Yahoo says they pay a dividend of 1.9%. So check on that. I'm not sure what's happening with that, why we have something different than Yahoo Finance. Uh, what's happening with the earnings on Deutsche Bank? 2022, um, expect to make 177. 2023, also 177. So not a decline, but not a gain. One estimate is higher in the last 30 days. That's why you have a number one rank um, here with Deutsche Bank. It is a number one rank strong buy. And we just have two estimates because a lot of these foreign companies aren't widely followed on the street. Yes, even a big company like Deutsche Bank, we don't have many estimates for them. So it doesn't sound terrible going into 2023, but this is Deutsche Bank. So it is what it is, <laughs> but it is a classic value stock right now here to start 2023. So the ticker again is D as in dog, B as in boy, DB. Okay, then we're going to switch over to Lending Tree, ticker T-R-E-E. And this stock is a Zach's number two, so that's the buy. 
they are big in financial services. So one of their big areas is mortgages. And that's not been good, right? It's been real bad over the last six months and is not looking all that good here in 2023. In fact, weekly mortgage applications were just down again and we're at the lowest last seen in 1996. So that impacts a company like LendingTree because nobody's getting mortgages. They're not refinancing. They have made some money off home equity loans. They do do other things, auto loans, student refis, insurance, all of these things. But in the last quarter report, they did say reduced mortgage loan demand plus less consumer acquisition activity for insurance carriers. They raised premiums um, to fight inflation. A lot of people not looking around or switching insurance apparently right now. That's less money for them as well. So what does their uh, situation look like? So on a PE basis, they aren't cheap. They're trading at 18.4 times. So I looked at that and I'm like, how did they make the screen? But oh, whoops, we are looking under 20 times. So that's how they made it. Everything else was low. Peg is 0.4, price to sales is 0.27. So obviously they qualified everything else. It's got the number two rank. And why does it have that? So in 2021, before the mortgages blew up, they made $1.57. This year in 2022, expected to make just 38 cents. That's down 75%. Next year, analysts see here in 2023, um, much better, up to $1.17 again. But will it be better? What if mortgage rates remain high for much longer and mortgage demand remains low? I don't know, it's a little iffy for me, but one estimate is higher and one lower in the last 60 days for 2023. And we have seven estimates. So, um, you know, the analysts are kind of mixed, but it still has got that number two rank there. Now, a couple other things they have a market cap of just 293 million. So they are a small cap. And they had at the end of the third quarter, a cash on the balance sheet of 286 million. So that's almost their entire market cap. They did also say in the third quarter they're cutting fixed costs to save another 25 million. Now, here's where things start to get interesting. Um, over the last year, the shares are down 82%. And over the last five years, the return is down 94. So it has basically just crashed down. Um, I'd like to get that PE down a bit lower for me because I do like to see lower PEs, but it's for now not a value trap as they do expect a rebound here in 2023. But will that be enough? There's a lot of uncertainty, so the shares aren't really rebounding right now, um, still down considerably. So this is another one down big over the last year, but is is that it? Is it done? We don't know. It's number two, as I said, lending tree, T-R-E-E. Then we are gonna switch over to energy. There was um, this energy pick out of the 13, so I am going for it again, because estimates still look pretty good for 2023 with the energy sector. So this year's choice is Phillips 66. Ticker P is in Paul, S is in Sam, X is in X-ray. PSX, it's a number two, that's the buy. They are a refiner, but they also do midstream. 
They have marketing, which remember means service stations, and they do chemicals, and as well as emerging energy to try to be on the right side of things when the fossil fuels eventually fade out, right? Then they won't have a business. So they want to stay in business. They are doing R&D and emerging energies. So what's happening with this stock? So over the last year, this is one of the few, like Total was in last year's list, that was up on the year, up 32.9%. So that's that was looking good in the last year. But what will it do this year? We don't know. Stock is still cheap. PE of 7.1, PEG of 0.4. Let's look at those earnings. 2021, it, during the pandemic, uh, they made $5.70. Last year, uh, crazy demand, good um Crack spreads for the refining side, chemical prices all higher, high gasoline prices at least until the middle part of the year. So expected to make $19.45, almost four times. Then 2023 analysts have brought it down, but not too bad. It is down 27% right now, but to 14.15. And the analysts are still getting bullish. Those estimates are on the rise still for 2023, but lower than what they should see for 2022. But one estimate has even been raised in the last week, and none are lower for 2023. So the analysts getting a little bullish again on what's happening with refining and service stations and the chemical side. And so not looking too shabby. They do pay a dividend yielding 3.7% right now. That's pretty juicy. So this is why I still like energy going into 2023. Still cheap. The estimates are coming down off of this uh, you know, recent record year, but Still looking quite nice, um, especially on a valuation basis. So they have a peg of 0.4. That's also very nice. Got growth plus, um, you know, the value. But the estimates are coming down off the record at 2022. So that's Phillips 66 PSX is the ticker. Then I took a little risk here. I went with two in the retail side. We did get beat up in Kohl's last year, even though it was cheap. These two retailers are pretty cheap too. But who wants to own retail going into a recession, especially apparel type retail? Well, we're going to put them on here and see what happens. So the first one is PVH, ticker PVH. P is in Paul, V is in Victor, H is in Harry. They're a number two. They are one of the big brands. They own Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger. Um, So what's happening with them? They are down over the last year, down 30.7%, but they're off of the 2022 lows. So a couple months ago when it appeared Christmas and the holiday season would not be bad for the retailers, the stocks have all rallied. So over the last three months, PVH shares are up 60%. So it's been a wild ride, and I expect it to continue here in 2023. It's cheap. PE is 8.6. PEG is 0.85. Price to sales is just 0.5. They do pay a dividend, but it's very small. It's only yielding 0.2%. You are not buying it for any kind of dividend. 
Um, but some stuff is actually happening with PVH. So they announced in early December that they're unwinding their licensing arrangement with G3 Apparel, another company I've talked about many times on the podcast. I've owned both of these in various Zach's portfolios over the years. Uh, they are the big guys um, and PVH, obviously, with the big brands of Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger uh, worldwide. Um, they do license out this arrangement for the wholesale side. So they had this arrangement with G3 on women's apparel and probably accessories and some other stuff for those brands. So if you went to Macy's and you were buying a Calvin Klein dress at the Macy's, it's likely G3 apparel created that design and put it there. That's the licensing agreement, but they're ending it. They're winding it down by 2027. They are giving both companies several years to wind it down. Um, it was a third of PVH's global licensing revenues, but less than 10% of their overall earnings was through this agreement. It does hit G3 Apparel even worse, however. It was 50.7% of total sales in the last year for them. Um, G3 does a lot of licensing for various brands, but it has in recent years been adding its own brands, including Karl Lagerfeld, Villa Brequin, Sonia Raikel, DKNY, and Donna Karen. So they they maybe had some inklings that this was coming and they needed to diversify into their own brands. So what does this mean for PVH? It means they will now have to bring in the wholesale uh, business to themselves. They will have to do the designs. They will have to figure out what dresses will work at the Nordstrom's and the Macy's and the Bloomingdale's and the Dillard's of the world. Um, they said that it will help them with their branding and the overall brand, you know, uh, design and all of this with with Calvin and Tommy Hilfiger. Uh, we will see what what ultimately develops. Um, I do have to say I like G3 a lot. Um, it has great management. They do know what they're doing, but we'll see what PVH does with it because they have to do it in their own stores already. So it does make some sense for them to bring even the wholesale side in house. So what's happening with their earnings? So fiscal 2022, they made 1015. That was a record, you know, that was like a good rebound pandemic year. Fiscal 2023, that's this year that we're in. It's ending in just a couple of weeks now, down 18.6% to $8.26. Next year, fiscal 2024, up again 6.6%, but just to $8.80. So not too bad. That's how we get the number two. Two estimates are higher in the last month for fiscal 2024. So the analysts are not super bearish, but the recession isn't here yet, so they're not pricing in anything with it because it isn't here yet. And PVH is global. As China reopens, the China business should do better. And they are big with Tommy and Calvin Klein in China. So that might give them a boost. And then we'll see what happens with Europe. Europe was expected to already be terrible for apparel, but it hasn't been that bad in Europe either. So those are a couple things to watch with PVH. Um, as I said, they do pay that little dividend, but it's not much. Uh, but again, retail, it's going to be uh, hard to trade it here. 
And as we see over the last three months, the shares are up 60% suddenly. It did have ultimate fear in October ahead of the holidays. Could see ultimate fear again uh, if the economic situation deteriorates. These shares probably will be sold off. You can make money in these retailers in more short-term trading, as we see right here, instead of longer-term. PVH has not been a good investment longer-term, like five years. Um, but on the short-term swings, you can do pretty well. So that's PVH, ticker PVH. And the second one I chose is Urban Outfitters. URBN is that ticker. They're not just urban, they own anthropology, free people, which include, includes free people movement now. That's, you know, they're kind of Lulu Athleta response, Terrain, uh, Newly, which is a subscription business. And then they have this restaurant business menus and venues also out there. And then they're kind of wedding and events, BHLDN. So there's a lot going on with Urban Outfitters. Again, do you dare to buy it ahead of a recession? Currently, it's the Zach's number two rank. PE is 13.9, so not that cheap on a PE level. PEG, 0.7, price to sales, 0.5. No dividend, but they are doing a share repurchase program. And on December 2nd, they did announce that the president of Urban Outfitters so each one of these brands has their own president, and then there's the CEO of the overall company. The president of Urban decided to suddenly leave, but he had only joined last February, and he was a prior CEO at Club Monaco, some other uh, you know retail experience, but sometimes it's just not working. Uh, Urban had the worst uh, numbers in the third quarter. So he is out. Um, and so we'll see what happens with that. But what did the third quarter look like? So Anthropology still doing pretty well. Sales up 13% at Anthro, 8% at Free People Group, which includes Free People and the movement. And But they were down 9% at Urban. And so Urban is no longer the largest brand. I always just kind of assume, oh, Urban's the largest, but no, Anthro on a brand sales uh, uh, kind of uh, thing that you're looking at is the largest brand now by revenue. So that's why it's a little concerning that Urban is so weak and um, you know maybe it will retake the crown here if it turn, starts to turn it around. The newly sales, by the way, in the third quarter were up a hundred or up 22.6 million to 35 million. So this is a small part of the business now, but subscribers did increase 185% year over year. So that I think they made 12 million a year ago in the third quarter, and now they made 35 million in sales. So that newly brand, nice little growth there. Profit was down big, however, and down largest in urban. There's a lot of promotions. There's um, you know, still inflationary pressures, there's still wage increases, all the stuff that's impacting margins. And so that's one thing that all these retailers are going to be impacted by, especially on the holiday quarter. Consumer was outspending, but I saw some intense holiday promotions. I'm sure you did too, 50%, 60%, 70%, and now intense promotions. A lot of inventory is on the shelves. 
a lot of these retailers bought early because they were worried about supply chain issues. And now it's all arrived and consumers were spending, but they do have excess inventories, most of them. So they had to promote to get rid of it. And that's what they're doing. And now that that will be done, it should look a little bit better. Supply chain is more reliable, hopefully. Um, going here into 2023, shipping costs are coming way down, especially from overseas from Asia. So that should also help with margins, but we'll see what else is happening on the apparel and accessory retail side. But I'm including it here because it does have the cheapness. Um, what did these shares do? Uh, let me see. What did they do? Um, one year down 18%. They are off the lows like PVHs over the last three months, up 26%. What does the earnings look like? Fiscal 2022, they made $3.13. That was when they had almost no promotions. Fiscal 2023 this year, down 44% to $1.74. And then the rebound, the analysts do expect it for fiscal 2024, $2.23. But Nobody's pricing in any kind of recession or slowdown by the consumer um, or stagflation scenarios or any of these things. So we shall see. But at the beginning of the year, we always like to be optimistic, right? Um, these are, as I said, on the retail side, hard to hold longer term right now. Hard to do the buy and hold a lot of uh, kind of more short-term trading over the course of a couple months, or if we see another low in the overall stock market, probably retail will revisit some of those October lows again, if we do. And so that might be a time you might want to add some of these in. But since we do this show at the start of the year, we don't get a choice. <laughs> We're just buying them here at the start of the year. These classic value stocks, they are cheap across all the classic value fundamentals. But after kind of a tough year, um, it's unclear what's going to happen here in 2023. If there will be further downside, we could get some of these even cheaper. Uh, make sure you are watching all the, you know, the basic fundamentals and make sure the companies you're looking at do have earnings. Some of these, like Lending Tree, it did see negative earnings. Uh, it's expected to for about two quarters here, but then return to the positive earnings in 2023. But will it? We don't know. That's all in the future. The analysts believe so because that's what they're showing, but everything is up in the air. So keep that in mind. Let me recap the stocks I talked about on this episode, and I'm just going to recap the ones that we are looking at for this year. So Deutsche Bank, ticker DB, Lending Tree, ticker TREE, Phillips 66, the energy side, PSX, PVH on uh, retail apparel, and Urban Outfitters, also retail apparel, hospitality with those restaurants. U-R-B-N. And as always, I'm bringing you all the value stocks this year, and it's certainly going to be an interesting year for value. It is back in favor, but not all value is being treated the same. As we can see here, we had value stocks last year, and four out of the five still finished below the S&P 500 and still finished uh, in the red. So it's still 
This market's still figuring out valuations and the earnings outlook, which is expected to decline here in 2023. The economy expected to slow further. And so it is tricky for investors. Think longer term if you want or short term on some of these retailers. But uh, stick around on the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on Spotify. We're on a bunch of different platforms. Get us somewhere because I'm bringing it to you every week here on the Value Investor Podcast. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.